Well, welcome to our second uh, summer season of the Summer Together podcast. Our hope for these is that it inspires your faith midweek and keeps you feeling a sense of connection with your sisters and brothers in the St. Paul's community during this summer season. We've invited a whole host of people to share their favorite poem. And even if poetry is not your thing or you don't think it is, you'll like hearing the voices of people in our community who will join me folks from our staff, folks from our congregation who love poetry and have come to share their, some of their favorites. The Bible is full of all kinds of genres of literature. Poetry is one of them. It has the unique ability to bring up emotions uh, that we don't know we have and to open our imaginations in faithful ways. So today I have Karen Richards Kahn with me to share a favorite poem of hers and to talk with me about it for a few minutes. So welcome today. Thank you. All right, what, uh, what poem did you bring to share today? I brought the poem Kindness, and it's by Naomi Shiab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then, it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. Thank you. So this is a favorite for you? It is. It's actually my first favorite. First favorite. All right, tell that story. Um, poetry is not a medium that has always spoken to me. But when I saw this poem, which is sort of a, it's a kindness is a really popular poem with a lot of folks who aren't necessarily um, poetry aficionados. And so I think I might have seen it posted on social media or maybe on someone's wall. Um, and the way that um, Naomi Shib Nye can put images into her words mm -hmm. um, really struck me, particularly in this particular poem. This is one of my favorites of hers as well. Um, as I've grown and you know um, developed more into reading poetry and particularly her poetry, this is still one of my favorites of hers. Yeah. So you talked about the imagery. Uh, in the poem. Why don't you mm -hmm. pick out a couple of those um, oh. in the poem and tell us uh, why they're so compelling to you. Um, in, uh, 
In this third stanza, close to the end, she writes that you have to wake up with sorrow. Mm. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Mm. That often when I'm speaking and thinking of imagery, I, I close my eyes and map it out in front of me. Um, and the thought of my voice catching the other threads of sorrow around me such that I can see our collective shared narrative as in a tapestry or a cloth. Um, that is something that speaks to me as a pastor, as someone who does speak words out, hoping that when I preach or speak or teach or I'm even in one-on-one -on -one conversations with folks, my hope is that my voice will catch whatever else is out there. Um, and that together, even if not all of us are speaking at the same time, it, it weaves together this cloth um, of our collective nature, um, whether it's joy or sorrow or mm -hmm. um, anything in between. Sounds like something we're trying to do in worship. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we'll look out in the faces. We've talked about that before. Look out in the faces and the stories of the people we see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and all of our sorrows and joys mm -hmm. together. Yeah, thank you. I was struck by the, the story of the man by the side of the road yeah. in the poncho, the Indian man in the poncho, and, uh, and uh, acknowledging the, uh, what's going on all along beside us all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so, uh, so you picked up this poem, um, even though you, weren't, you were a little more of a casual uh, reader in that. So what is it to you about poetry that picks up the casual reader, somebody that's not necessarily a as you said, an aficionado of poetry mm -hmm. or whatever, but what is it about the art form of poetry or that medium that you think speaks to people in ways that others, other mediums don't? I think that poetry, um, it's a very much so below the surface medium. Mm. So poetry can take words and um, create a resonance below the skin level, like at our heart level. Um, and I think that even if you are not um, really well versed in different styles of poetry or different rhetorics or um, even know a lot of different poets in the different, um, and like the Academy of Poetry, I think that you can still feel that deep resonance and that pulls you in a very um, intuitive way. Um, and so for me, that was my, that was my beginning experience with poetry. Mm -hmm. It sounds like God can use poetry in, in some powerful ways to, to connect with us in ways other things don't. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think, of course, poetry and scripture is really powerful mm -hmm. and the, but poetry itself even not in scripture can be used in worshipful forms have mm -hmm. you ever been in an environment i was just thinking about that as we were talking just now have you ever been in an environment that's utilized poetry a little more in worship um yeah well <laughs> i would say that saint paul's is that environment yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're always pulling poems into our sermons and sometimes even that's to true readings. Into our sermons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but also just in our use of the Psalter. Yep. Um, one of the things that poetry does, because it is that, um, that under the surface sort of resonance, it so naturally develops itself into song. And so the poetry of our hymnody um, is something that I think has primed me well for poetry that's not set to tune. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I think that poetry lends itself really naturally to worship, particularly because of its ease of transition into, um, into music. It's been amazing to me how many people in these series of podcast interviews have talked about poetry as something that connects, you said, below the surface mm -hmm, a bit mm -hmm. or connects to the heart in ways that other mediums don't. So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's beautiful to think about the mysterious ways that the spirit connects to us uh, in ways that we'll hear it. Um, well, thanks for sharing Absolutely. this favorite poem. Thanks for having me. I hope that folks will go and find that poem for themselves and soak it in a little bit more because it is really powerful. Well, we want to thank listeners for joining us. Um, if you would like to comment on this conversation or share your own favorite poem, please go to stpaulshouston.org and we'd love to read it. Thanks so much.